Last week we looked at, we're wrestling against, not flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We go on to the other two and into the next verse tonight. Not only principalities and powers, but against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, that you give us the victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. The foe is too strong for us to fight in the arm of the flesh, Lord, but in the power of the Spirit and depending on our prayers and your assistance as you come to answer them, Lord, we win the victory. Let's pray earnestly tonight, Lord, as we seek the salvation of souls, the wealth of the Christian, Lord, for his blessing and sanctification that we together might encourage each other to do just that. Bless the time together now in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> yes, we've looked at the dignities, the crown dignities, the conquering deputies, the powers and the principalities. And thirdly, we look at we're wrestling against perverted deceivers. The, the rulers of the darkness of this world. This wor world is cosmocrator. Cosmos, world, and uh, <laughs> rator. When I was memorising Greek words by the hundreds, I always tried to tie them with something else, and I thought that was a good one. Cos Cosmo, rata. He's a rat. <laughs> a dirty old rat. <laughs> the devil, I mean. <laughs> and so <clears throat> that's the Greek word for it, but don't it doesn't mean rat. <laughs> but world rulers of the darkness, Satan's master plan is to deceive and keep people in a state of spiritual, religious and political, social and personal blindness. That's his plan. He's invented every false religion, every false philosophy and psychology, every false ideology and every false theory to shackle the souls of men and women to evil and wickedness. Where do the wild-eyed beliefs that otherwise intelligent people hold to come from? When you think about it, intelligent people. Intellect doesn't mean you're, a, you're wise. <laughs> but intelligent people hold to millions enslaved to idolatry. How, many, how big is the Catholic Church? One point something billion and tied to that what about millions enslaved to cults why do people swallow it what is it it's the devil isn't it that's deceiving them into the swallowing this stuff you have people going from a mainline church into a cult or an ism and they've jumped out of the frying pan into the fire I told that to a Jehovah's Witness once <laughs> he wasn't impressed I said, you've jumped into the fire from the frying pan. He was in a dead dead church, admittedly, but then he jumped into the JWs, had a bit of excitement about it. But he, why would a sound-thinking, intelligent person do that? Well, not sound-thinking. Huh. Vain philosophers, philosophies such as communism, evolution, intelligent men, very intelligent people that study science and things, believe in that. I think a few of them are starting to realise how stupid it is when they start looking at the DNA and all the, the um, small things in there, the cells and such forth. Um, 
Why are these and others so attractive to people? How do they multiply adherence when it's flat out to get somebody to church where you preach the truth? Who's behind it all? You see, we've got to recognise Satan. We're, we're against the rulers of the darkness of this world. The darkness. Why are people so willing to strap bombs to themselves and go and blow themselves up? It seems every day somewhere someone's doing something like that and kill other people with them and think that they're going to go to heaven and get rewarded with 70 brides or something. I don't know what the women get. They strap the bombs to themselves too and blow themselves up. <clears throat> uh, who is it behind them? How do they recruit people with such tireless zeal like the Mormons and JWs, especially the JWs in our town that go out and knock on doors? Behind all the, these things, Satan's perverted plan and deception is working. The rulers of the darkness of this world. Man's natural blindness and to his lost condition is so great that it takes the Holy Spirit, as it tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, 3 and 4, to break that bond, that blindness. So we wrestle against those that are perverted and are deceivers. The work, the, as it says, the rulers of the darkness of this world and the second one against spiritual wickedness in high places sound much the same or a little bit different satan has countless hordes of demons at his disposal and mark chapter 15 tells us and we stood on that spot on the eastern side of the sea of galilee as we drove up the sea of galilee from the bottom to the top it's the only place that you go up and there's a, it's not a cliff, but it's steep and rocky with like granite boulders all the way down to the Sea of Galilee. And then just to the, just a bit further north is a beach, a sandy beach where it flattens, flattens off. But this is where the, the pigs. How many demons were in that Gadarean maniac? A legion. How many? How many's a legion? Six thousand. The devil has hordes of workers that inhabit and do his bidding, inhabit people. Um, <clears throat> this was just as an indication of how many, if, if that many were concentrating on one person, there's all the other people and everything else going on in the world that they're trying to influence as well. And at Christ's first coming, there was an outburst of demonic activity and the Lord nailed them down and he was able to cast them out and uh, they were telling him they were telling asking him not to send them to eternal punishment there on the spot which he could have done and lock them up for, for good remember they pleaded there but the lord had power over them and again i think at his second coming as it was in the days of noah there was de great demonic activity there when christ first came and again when he comes another time <clears throat> yeah did you hear that the Japanese government just this week has given permission to the scientists to cross human cells with animal? They're doing it with rats. They're not going to do it with pigs and sheep. And their, their excuse is that they will breed or make pancreases. They hope to make pancreases from the combination and destroy whatever comes of this they're really 
trying to play God, aren't they? And who knows what they've done in communist countries already where they, they don't, moral things are not a problem. Who's behind it? The devil. And I think in Noah's day there were things going on that, uh, you know, we, we don't know about. The Bible tells us enough that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and the progeny were giants in those days. Uh, <clears throat> so the depravity of our age goes right along with the, the demon activity. Um, they love to hold people enslaved in our day in sexual matters, in sensual things, in perversion, pornography, permissiveness are encouraged, even things happening in our government, as you probably heard today, that have happened in the past that are coming to light and you don't know how much is truth and, and, and lies, but it's not good, is it? Right up in the positions of power, in the places of responsibility. Now in Mark chapter 5, not 15, Mark 5, where that demon possession of that Gadarenean maniac is talked about there, what did the swine do when they were possessed by a, a, a demon or two? They couldn't stand to live. Straight down into the sea and drowned. They, <clears throat> even the swine, preferred death than possession. And so <clears throat> we're enraged in a battle. And it's, you know, when, when we take spiritual things lightly, we need, to, we need to think more seriously, should we not? Foolish jesting and things that the Bible talks about in the New Testament are not for the Christian. I mean, we don't have to go down, go around all morbid looking and sad. <laughs> I mean, don't mean that, but it is serious. Life is serious. Eternity is serious too. And it's for good forever. <clears throat> um, maybe this is what Paul meant in Romans 7.21 where he said, I find then a law that when I would do good, what does it say? Evil is present with me. Right there. Demon would stop me from doing it. Not a demon made me do it. No, I don't believe that. <laughs> But a demon, a demon would persuade me to go other ways, give me opportunity to seek something else. And they're opposing the Christian on every, every corner, every turn. So that's the powers. We wrestle against the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in high places, and very active and very fast. You see, wherever Satan's throne is at the time, how long does it take for him to give an order to a demon for that demon to be at the spot? No time. Straight away. So it's not like we have to you know, get a ship or an aeroplane or something, get there. They, they move differently to we. <laughs> Otherwise they couldn't get to the third. Satan couldn't come and report to the sons of God like that when the com command is given by the Lord to be there because that's just not, you know, we don't even think in those terms. Light years is more, it's more than that. It's way there, although God is everywhere present, but at his throne room, where Christ is seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father. <clears throat> Verse 13, we read, Wherefore take unto thee the whole armour of God, and that ye may be able to stand, not just parts of the armour of God, how much of it? The whole armour of God, that ye may be able to stand, withstand in the evil day. And uh, <laughs> evil day, 
one evil day, every evil day, that the, the, the devil tries to hinder you from doing the Lord's work and his will, from being sanctified. So there's a demand, demand here to obey. Take the whole armour of God. Um, <clears throat> once you become a Christian, you've been enlisted. You weren't conscripted into the army, but you were enlisted in the army because you made a free will choice. Isn't that right? When we become a Christian, it's of our own choice. Maybe we don't realise we're getting involved in a battle in the army, but that's what happens. We volunteer, and the Lord loves the volunteers he has. And uh, are we in an army or not? Or is the Uniting Church right saying... Uh, no, no, no battle, no battle hymns in the songbook anymore. No blood in the hymn books anymore. Let's take it all out. We're not in a fight, or are we in a fight? Does the Bible clearly state? Well, right here, <laughs> Ephesians chapter six talks about. It. Let's go to Timothy two and verse three and four. Second Timothy two, three and four. Paul said this to young Timothy. He said that thou therefore endure hardness as a Good what? Soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. And I've pointed it out before, and if you haven't written there, you won't know. Um, the word affairs there is pragmatia, from which we get our word pragmatism. Most churches today work on the pragmatic approach. The pragmatic approach, and governments do it too, often we live that way. We shouldn't. Because it's not if it's right, if it's right we do it. Well, that's what it should be for the Christian. If it's right, we do it. But the pragmatic approach says if it works, we do it. And you can see how they use music. It's working. We're getting people into church. So therefore it's right. No. No. <laughs> You know, <clears throat> drop doctrines that are offensive and people will come to church, they won't be offended when you preach. That's a pragmatic approach. No. And the affairs of this, and Satan would love to have us to be very pragmatic in our approach to ministry. You've got to, you've got to settle it. You've got to say, thus saith the Lord. Where in the Bible does it teach that? Is it true? Is it right? Or is it our theory? It's got to be truth. And um, ministries should be run that way. So we don't entangle ourselves with the pragmatic approach of this life. We, that we, we may please him who has chosen us to be, we're looking at soldiers, weren't we? <laughs> chosen him to be a soldier. So there's no doubt about it. We're in the army of the Lord Jesus when we become a Christian <clears throat> I've written down the <clears throat> Christian life is not a bed of roses it's a battleground not a playground but a battleground <clears throat> you're in the trenches like it or not the fight is on oh Christian soldiers and we sung was it that one we sung with started with tonight and then in that verse back in the book of Ephesians goes on in verse 13, Wherefore take unto you the whole armour of God. This is the command to obey. Uh, There's a demand to take a stand. 
as it says there, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. If you don't stand for something, what's the old saying? If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for everything, for everything anything. And so take a stand. The Bible says take a stand for truth. <clears throat> Otherwise you'll fall for anything. And uh, we can think of some men that took a stand. And let's just think of those. You think of Martin Luther. He took a stand. Yeah, he stayed in the Catholic Church. <laughs> what should have he done? <laughs> got out, got out. How much better would the churches be? The Lutheran Church. <laughs> what are they doing now? Going back in. Mm -hmm. Going back in. I'll, I'll have... Uh, yeah, you can ask Brother Brian Crook when he, they come home this weekend, Lord willing, about his visit with the people that he used to, where he used to go to church. And um, he was, <laughs> he didn't realise what it was like until he's come along and heard the word for a while, and he went back and just put a few questions to them and, you know, about <clears throat> some of the things in the in that system. But Martin Luther pulled out. He nailed his thesis to the door and the walls and he confronted Rome at Worms facing all the power of earth and hell. Devil-possessed place. Sorry? Was it? Okay. We're talking about him last night. On this, this is what he said. On this, I take my what? Stand. This is it. Take my stand. I can do no other. God help me. And um, <clears throat> be good if he'd nailed some other things up there too, but <laughs> that's what he nailed and God knew that that would be done. You think of Daniel and his three friends when they were told to eat the king's meat. Now, these are captives in a foreign country in Babylon. And Daniel and his friends said, well, they didn't do it in an arrogant way. They said to the butler, was it the, the cook, can we just eat the lentils and that and you can check us out in so many days? But they took a stand, didn't they? And uh, God blessed and honoured that. Yeah, with the king's meat, yeah. Yep. They took a stand. May have been. And uh, Daniel chapter 3 and verses 12 to 13. Daniel and his three friends. What did they do? They stood. They in a step kept standing. When everyone was to bow and worship the image at the sound of the music, they took a stand. And was that going to cost them? Oh yeah, they knew already. The fire was going. <laughs> That's where we're going. And remember what they said where the we live or die, we're not going to do it. They took a stand. And so it, there's examples. And does, God doesn't necessarily always deliver, but he will bless in eternity those that take that stand and, and die for it. And so Daniel and his three friends, that's Daniel 3, 12, 13, 16 to 19 and 26. We, and, <laughs> I love it. The king, he said, didn't we throw three in? I see four. 
I don't know where Daniel was on the day, but there was only the three of them there. And that was the king that said it. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel chapter 6. Half on about Daniel, aren't we? <laughs> Daniel chapter 6. When Daniel knew the decree had been signed that anyone prayed to any other god than the god of the Babylonians, he was going to be thrown to the lions. So, what did Daniel do? As he did aforetime. He, he <laughs> would have been real easy just to shut the window, put the shutters down and then pray. They couldn't have seen him. But he didn't do that other days. Why should he do it today? He opened the shutters as he normally did and prayed and they, they had him. They knew they were have, would have him because they saw him doing this all the time. So he took a stand. Now, three times that in Daniel. <clears throat> Peter and John, let's go to Acts chapter 5. Take a stand. Have you ever had an opportunity to take a stand and you back down? We probably might have. God speaking to you, Holy Spirit, heart thumping, <laughs> adrenaline going, and you knew you was, you're on the spot and you didn't take the stand. How disappointing it is for the Lord, how quenched the Spirit must be when that sort of thing goes. And how blessed it is when we do take a stand for the Lord. And he honours the stand. Chapter 5 and verse 17. Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. They laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of, the, of this life. <laughs> Down in verse 25. Then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. What have they been told not to do? Not to preach. What did God told them to do? Go and preach. What did they do? Took a stand, went and preached. <laughs> Consequence, verse 28. Saying, did not we strictly command thee that you should not teach in his name, in this name? And behold, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. You remember that? <laughs> I didn't pick this one up the other night, did we? His blood be on us and our Children. Children. And now they're, oh, poor us, you're bringing his blood on us. Well, you asked for it. No, that's not quite what the, the apostles said, is it? Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom ye slew. He didn't just stop, did he? And hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right, with his right hand to be prince and saviour, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things, and so it also is the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to us, or them that obey him. And when they had heard this, they were cut to the heart. They took a stand, did they not, Peter and John? <clears throat> what about in chapter 7, in the book of Acts, and verse 51, and Stephen had just preached a sermon. He sort of summarised the Old Testament and Israel in there. And ye stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart, and he is, you do always resist the Holy Ghost as your fathers did, so do ye. Which of the prophets had not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them who showed before the coming of the just one, of whom ye have now been the betrayers and murderers. Well, 
You don't get such a hot sermon as these many times, do you? <laughs> the, the, a hot sermon I heard was by an old method, well, by a Methodist in um, uh, the other side of Hobart. Where's that place? That old, the old prison place. Port Arthur. Port Arthur. Yeah, Port Arthur were there, and they got the old church up there, and you press a button for the sermon. That the pre that the, the the prisoners heard, they had to get in their little cells. They didn't sit down; they were in pews that were up, and they could just see their head. And the preacher got up, and you press the preacher, and he preached hellfire. He preached like Stephen preached at this time. I thought if those preachers were hearing, I mean, if those prisoners were hearing this, they had every opportunity to get saved. And it was uh, it was the gospel clear cut, and but it was pointed just like Stephen did to these people whom have received the law by the disposition of angels. You had such privilege and did what you've done, along with your fathers, and have not kept it. They were cut to the heart. This is, this is a sermon. Cut to the heart. <laughs> what cuts people to the heart? And they gnashed on him with their teeth. He took a stand, didn't he? In the evil day. We are living in the evil day, as, first, as chapter 5 of Ephesians and verse 16 Every day can be an evil in different respects. Uh, <clears throat> and um, to think of a few other others, let's go to Second Samuel 23 and verse 8. Much has been made of this of, in some places. I think we've been there a couple of times over 40 years. But in Second Samuel twenty-three and verse eight, and these are the names of the what mighty men whom David had: um, Josh, Bashebeth, the Tachamite, chief among the captains. The same was. Adeno, the Yazenite, he lifted up his spear against. He lifted up his spear against. What does it say? You got eight hundred men coming at you, <laughs> and he took them all on. Who is? Yeah, it was all in one. One. There's only one could get at him at once. In other words, they'd be all clawing on top of each other. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah right okay. <laughs> this is for this is for real. <laughs> this is not movies, is it? It's not made up. This is they really did it. <clears throat> After him, Eleazar the son of Dodai, the Ahoite. Hey, <laughs> these fellows that all had gathered with David were his mighty men, and these three, the chiefest of them, heard David say once, just in the chapter uh, a little lower. Oh, that I could have a, a drink from the well at Bethlehem. And what did they do? They went right into the middle of the Philistines. I can imagine that the Philistines were just lazing around there. and oh, They wouldn't even think that anyone would be so stupid to come right into Bethlehem where we all are and, and draw some water out of the well. But I think there was a bit of a fight on when they realised who they were. But they took the water back to David and he said, I'm not going to drink, this is blood water. <laughs> it could have cost you your life. And he poured it out on the ground. 
as it were, as an offering for that. But they took a stand, didn't they? And God blessed. And you read of what they did. Um, <clears throat> verse 11, and this is number four, was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. And, and the Philistines were gathered together into a troop where was a piece of ground full of lentils. And the people fled from the Philistines. So here he is with these Jewish people, soldiers on gather, and they all fled. But he stood in the midst of the, of the ground and defended it and slew the Philistines and the Lord wrought a great victory. He's in the middle of a paddock. He's an open target. He says, I'm not, I'm not going, I'm going to take a stand. <laughs> and the Philistines come at him one after another and he slew them. What about Samson? What did he do? How did he do it? He, he took a stand, although he didn't take a stand good <laughs> a whole lot of times, but he took a stand and he got a jawbone of a ass and he slew the Philistines. Wasn't it a thousand? I mean, he was a strong man, but... <clears throat> These are the mighty men of God that took a stand. And I think we need to learn from their example. They stood in the face of discouragement. They stood in the face of opposition. They stood in the face of multitude of eager men to kill them and, and won the victory. <clears throat> There's all the others there. There's another one, Abishai, in verse 18. He slew 300 on his own. Uh, <clears throat> I wonder what Joab was thinking at this time. <laughs> he hadn't been loyal. He disobeyed the king. He, he slew Absalom in, in, in direct contradiction to what David had said. And uh, his love and loyalty. And he saw these men <clears throat> that were taking a stand for truth. Like these mighty men were to stand firm against the enemy. We're in the battle for truth. And we're in the, when the day when the truth is being thrown out the window. We stand against the manipulation of the enemy in human life. Against principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this wicked world. And they're more dangerous because they are invisible. Taking a stand may mean doing what some have already done, rolling up our sleeves and becoming active in the messy fight against perversion, pornography, abortion, drugs, alcohol, drugs. They've got, these, they've got this big debate going now that they've got these uh, injecting rooms. <clears throat> Come and do it for nothing and you won't be hurt and you won't be taken in. And the, the local people who are not involved in the drugs are getting, are getting sick of it. They said it would reduce crime, it's increasing crime. Reduce activity, it's increasing the activity. It's just made it freely available and you don't get, you don't get caught for it. And unsafe people are sick of it even in their communities. And their property values gone down. Yeah, OK. Yeah, I could imagine. Alcohol and vice, error, organised crime. Organised crime in... And people getting jobs by sleeping it under the table and all that sort of thing. I pray you never get involved in that sort of thing. Bribery and corruption. Um, take that out of society. What a, 
a, a much better place it would be, wouldn't it? <clears throat> how, how do engineers get past these buildings that are all like a, like a tinderbox with all that cladding on the outside? And now they're saying the government should fix it. Not a said a word about the engineers that designed it or put it up there. And the engineers won't let you do anything in a building until they've got their tick. And then they get off the hook. There's just injustice, I think. They should be the ones paying for this here repair. I don't know if any engineers are listening. <laughs> Say? Yes. And who's paying who to get it done? The prince of the power of the air is behind the scene working, and we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against them. So realise it. And put on how much of the armour of God? The whole armour of God. Satan's out to exploit fallen human nature and fan the passions of the unsaved <clears throat> to do evil. Keep standing, folks. <laughs> Keep standing for the Lord. Hold your, hold your spot. And um, Battle of Long Tan. How many were there? The Aussies, Doug? A hundred and... Sorry? 108 against 3,000. And they took their stand. They were surrounded. Yeah. And they got out <laughs> and take a stand in the, in the fight. And, hey, I think we're even more outnumbered as Christians. One in a hundred, two in a hundred maybe, amongst the unsaved. And, and, and the hordes of <laughs> the demonic beings. Praise the Lord for the victory. <laughs> Having done all, stand. <clears throat>